I'm Dana, your Canadian English teacher, with another English lesson so you can speak and understand the English spoken in Canada. If you're learning English for the Great White North, then you've come to the right place. You'll learn phrasal verbs, common expressions, conversation tips, and of course, some typical Canadianisms. In today's episode, I'm chatting with another English teacher. Ronan is from Ireland, but he's living in Kelowna, British Columbia. And today, we're going to teach you the expression weekend warrior. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited since you are in Canada. Yes, I'm in your country. I know, and I'm I'm over in Europe. Why why Vancouver? What's tell us the story? I'm not in Vancouver. I'm actually in Kelowna. Kelowna, Kelowna, sorry. Columbia. So myself and my partner were living in Toronto and we didn't like it. You know, it was a winter in Toronto. It was a very fast city, very big city. Put it like this. Toronto has 5 million people. Our country has 5 million people. So there's just far too many people there. And one of our mutual friends basically said, oh, Kelowna is a nice town. You should check that out. So we went home. We bought tickets to Kelowna. And a week later, we moved here. And that was it. Very cool. Very cool. And Kelowna is where, how close is Kelowna to Vancouver? So Kelowna is about a five-hour drive from Vancouver and about a one-hour, ten-minute drive to the U.S. border. So it gives you a bit of an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many people live in Kelowna? Um, Over 100,000 now. It's actually getting too big. It's getting too big for myself and my partner. So we're looking at somewhere smaller again. And you like the West Coast? Definitely. Definitely love the West Coast. Love the lifestyle out here, the nature. Um. One thing I don't like about Kelowna is that we don't have an ocean because I, I grew up by the ocean my entire life. It's kind yeah. of in the air. It's, it's what I miss the most. But in exchange for that, I mean, we have these giant lakes and we have all these mountains around us. Like it doesn't take long to drive to some pretty cool nature reserve or nature hike. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of where you came from, we didn't. We didn't cover that yet. No, not <laughs> so yet. So maybe people listening can hear a bit of an accent, possibly. Uh, not a strong accent. I I caught it because I lived where you're from. Yeah. Um, but you're from Ireland, right? So Yes, indeed. Born and raised. In the west coast of Ireland. Yeah. So a little small town called Sligo, the land of heart's desire. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's just very green. You know, it's like. Every time I go home, I get knocked off my feet when I see how green it is. And I look out my bedroom window and it's just green trees, green fields as far as the eye can see. And yeah, it's a very small town. It's a surf town. Um, It's a very artsy town as well. So in a way, it's similar to BC. BC is just like a bigger version of it. Exactly. Yeah, that part of Ireland is, it's like you don't really expect it to be the way that it is i know when i first visited that area of ireland it's like the scenery is stunning and it's 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 almost like magical in a way because you're right it's so green and it doesn't even look real and there's mountains and cliffs and 
And it's like every mountain, every cliff, there's always a story to go along with it. You know, there's, there's ancient and there's local folklore about a big battle that happened or there was a giant that fought another giant or something like that. And that's a, the real culture aspect, especially in the West Coast. And I mean, it has inspired so many writers and authors and poets and everything. So Absolutely. And you talked a little bit about not liking Toronto because that was one of the questions I had for you because... I've been in your shoes, kind of in reverse, in a way, as being a Canadian who lived in Ireland. And there definitely was a little bit of culture shock for me Mm -hmm. coming to Ireland from Canada. What was there anything strange or difficult to get used to about Canadian life coming from Ireland? Um, How long it takes to get places. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's definitely a huge one. And I'm sure you probably had the opposite effect where, oh, everything is so close in Ireland or it takes only five minutes to get somewhere. But I remember in Toronto, we were going to a party with some friends and the party was like one hour, 20 minutes away. And that's including subway and the walk from the subway to the house party itself. And for me, it was just ludicrous. It's like, why am I going to travel this far to go to a party when in Ireland that's nearly the other side of the country you exactly. know it, it's so bizarre and how long people spend on their daily commutes and everything it just it was hard for me to get my head around to see that that was the normal way of life exactly what about the people did you find that there was anything strange about the way we do things or so we were very fortunate we um we arrived into Toronto and we were staying with my partner's extended family, now people she's never met or anything like that. And there was a guy there called Adrian who is the same age as us. And he was very nice. He took us under his wing and we kind of like went into his friend's group, into his friend's circle. And they were the nicest bunch of people in the world. And like, that's the only reason that we would really want to go back to Toronto is to yeah. see the people. Now, these are the people we became friends with. So it's like I see them a little differently to the way I would see the rest of Torontonians where at first glance it might seem a little cold or rough where it's like everyone is going fast, fast, fast Mm -hmm. compared to Ireland where it's a much slower way of life. I feel that people will say hello a lot more in Canada compared to Ireland Okay. Yeah, they'll engage in that sort of like small talk. They'll ask you how you are more often than they would do so in Ireland, you know, and like these are the differences I've noticed. But yeah, it's um, we are fortunate just to have a very good friends base when we arrived, like a pre-made friend base almost. Oh, that that definitely that definitely helps when you're moving to a new country because yeah, yeah, even when you speak the language. Like when you move to, because of course in Ireland you speak English, in Canada we speak English, you don't have to overcome that hurdle. But there definitely is like cultural barriers and things that you don't quite know how things are done. Like I know when I moved to Ireland, I left my immersion on constantly because then this is something that heats the water, right? And we don't have this in Canada. And I left it on for like three weeks until I got my bill for the electricity ouch yeah That's actually when you first said you left your immersion on i'm sorry i i was completely lost i thought you meant your french immersion or something and i was no. just thinking how is that going to get her in hot water now <laughs> i really it took me a second That's how long i've been away from home 
Yeah. So the, yeah, we would call it, I don't know. We don't even have that. No. The hot water comes out from the sink already hot. And in Ireland, you need to turn on a, like an. You turn on the immersion. Immersion, which is like a water heater. And you would, if you say you want to have a shower or do your dishes, you turn it on like, I don't know, 30 minutes beforehand. Yeah. So it's hot enough. That is so funny because like every time we leave the house, we always have to think, now, did we turn off the immersion or not? That's a very Irish thing right there. And if you're, even if you're halfway to your destination, you need to go home and turn it off because your oh, bill will go up. <laughs> it was, it was a very expensive bill and a very expensive mistake, but all yeah. the other places I lived since then, I had known to turn my immersion yeah. off and use it sparingly. But yeah, I think that it's nice to have friends when you're when you're moving somewhere, and then of course it makes the integration process. Yeah, it um it made a huge difference, all right. And I don't think we would have stayed in Toronto as long as we did if we didn't have these friends. Like these are people I still talk to today. These are people that I really like. Some of them came to visit us in BC, but like we really want to go back to Toronto for about a month, not to work, just to chill out, hang out, and spend time with our old friends. And when we moved to Kelowna it was just the two of us. We didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. And for me, there was a real sense of adventure there. Toronto didn't have enough adventure because we were going somewhere. We had a place arranged. We had someone to pick us up at the airport. Whereas we arrived to Kelowna, our backpacks, one suitcase between us and an Airbnb for three nights. And that was it. So it was like full on adventure time at that stage. Yeah. That's, that's like super exciting. That's kind of like what, my life was like in Ireland and then I started working immediately. And it's actually kind of funny because I guess for me, one of the cultural differences that I had a hard time getting used to was all of the swearing (laughs) in the workplace, which I think is funny because you teach a lot of that on your Instagram account. So I wanted to chat with you about that because yes, finally, (laughs) (laughs) because in Canada, I'm sure you've noticed this, we're a little bit more reserved. Yes, absolutely. With with, um, cursing and using swear words. And in Ireland, like in the workplace, totally fine. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that when I moved to Canada. And it took me a while to realize I should probably have more of a filter with regular conversation, (laughs) everything like that. And... Yeah, some some people have mentioned it to me. Like, obviously, when I'm teaching, I don't swear at all. Like, when I'm actually in class, that's different. But, like, okay, I worked at a garage in Kelowna. And, of course, it's absolutely fine to swear when you work in a garage. You know, Mm -hmm. I was a detailer. There's mechanics all around. There was loads of swearing everywhere. And then I also work at a university and it's kind of like when I work there, there's not a chance I'm going to swear. So you really got to know when to do it. But in Ireland, yeah, it's probably like at a university, people are going to swear. Are you fucking serious? You know, they'll actually say that because they want to know how serious you are being. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I always think that it just sounds less harsh when it's with an Irish accent than Mm -hmm. um, my accent, for example. I just find some of the words like you guys can get away with it. Yeah, we definitely can get away with it. I think it's because 
it comes so natural when we say it, you know? And it's like, it suddenly slips out. Like I was watching one of my old Instagram videos and yeah, I swear in it, but it's like, it's not intentional. None of the swears are intentional. They kind of just okay. naturally happen. It's not as if I go in beforehand and I think, all right, I'm going to say two F-bombs and one motherfucker in this video. It's just like, I just started talking and suddenly I'm swearing. Yeah, I have to be, well, I, that's one thing I kind of picked up when I was in Ireland. I definitely swore a lot more than I do now. I've tailored that out of my vocabulary again, but growing up, it, it was just like my mom was always on my case. Like, don't swear, you know, don't curse. It's not nice. It's not a nice habit. And yeah, that kind of goes out the window in Ireland. My mom would be the exact same. And this is why I don't know where I get it from. I really don't. And like, she would not, she's not totally pleased with the way I talk sometimes. But I can remember when I was like, I must have been around 10 or 11. And I remember my uncle being on the phone in the same room. And he is a contractor. And oh my God, like every second word was a fuck or a shit or a bollocks or something like that. Yeah. And then my mom gave out to him for swearing. And that's one of my earliest memories of swearing that I have. So that moment must have been ingrained in me or something, or it must have left an impression on me because I certainly didn't pick it up from my parents. But I guess I just picked it up from the wider cultural context. Culture, yeah. Yeah, and an, an, another one for me, and this will lead into the expression that we're going to talk about today, is the pub culture and the drinking culture in Ireland is amazingly fun, but so different. So tell me, what what do you think? I'm, I'm really intrigued. What's the difference for you? Because I have a lot of opinions about the pub culture. <laughs> um, for me, since I was working... It was like the drinking at like with colleagues mm-hmm. and to the extent people could drink. Like there were so many things like, yeah, I would find like at a Christmas party in Canada, depending on your industry, but you might not get mm-hmm. completely lit. Like you wouldn't want to get so drunk you couldn't stand. And I remember the first night out with um, my company, there was a girl and she was like just so drunk. And I was like, okay interesting and then more people like like um yeah I've been to a few Christmas parties in Canada and well there's always going to be one or two really drunk people at every Christmas party you go to there's always going to be that one person who goes too far and makes a fool of themselves what I've noticed though is that like the Irish have the reputation for drinking but I think the Canadians can also carry that torch pretty well and it's it was so strange because like in Toronto, especially maybe it's Toronto. It's a big city. Everyone's corporate. Everyone's go, go, go. But it's like they would go to a bar and they could easily drop 80, 90 dollars on a regular night in a bar on alcohol. Yeah. And that's just something I can't get my head around. I kept, couldn't afford to drink as much as I wanted at times. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel that like the Irish and the Canadians, I mean, we're as far as I I'm concerned. We're par for par in terms of our ability to drink. I found I found that my friends in Ireland could definitely drink. I don't know. I'm a little bit of a yeah. lightweight. I don't have a high alcohol tolerance. So there would be nights where, like, you know, people were drinking and I would be like, I'm just going to have to go home at this point because it's – I'm done. But And they'd be like, oh, that was a light night. And I'm like, are you kidding me? 
Right? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on who you hang out with. Because I'll be honest, like I don't drink a huge amount anymore, especially. But like when I was younger, definitely in college, definitely they'd always have these like two dollar drink nights and or two euro drink nights and all these special deals. But binge drinking is a bit of a problem, especially with the age group from like twenty to twenty five or something. They say that's sort of like they're at risk of a lot of health problems in the future with the amount of binge drinking that goes on. So yeah, I would say yeah. it's like that in Canada too, that college and university aged people do tend to binge drink quite a bit. And then of course, if you're in a city like Toronto where you're well connected and you can take the subway, yeah, you can maybe get drinks after work, but you know, I'm from London, Ontario, which is, I don't know, probably yep. didn't venture down there, but it's two hours South of Toronto it's a smaller city than Toronto. It's about 400,000 people. You know, you wouldn't be able to go out after work unless you worked downtown or you made a special effort to do it. And then you'd have to get a taxi home. So a lot of people I think tend to have barbecues or drink at home and they don't go out to bars. Yeah. You see, that's a huge difference there. We would do more drinking in the bar. And I can remember when they brought in the smoking ban in Ireland. I can't remember exactly what year, but a lot of the publicans were not happy because they were losing business because people wanted to smoke their cigarettes and drink alcohol at the same time. Suddenly they couldn't, so they started to drink at home. And that was the start of the changing of the drink culture, I'd like to say, where people started to buy more so in the liquor stores and the off licenses instead of actually going to the bar. And of course, even today, obviously today with COVID-19, nobody is going to bars. But even before all this broke out, a lot of rural bars were starting to shut down because they just don't have the same business that they used to have 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And of course, the drinking and driving laws have probably gotten more strict. So that's a huge part. I really wanted to talk to you about that as soon as you mentioned alcohol and different drinking cultures. We find, like myself and my partner, we've noticed a lot. You know, we're both from Ireland, both from the same town. But, like, I find that in Canada, people are more likely to drink and drive. What do you think? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I do think, it's especially if you're in a rural setting, you are going to have a lot more people that are going to drive themselves home because there's no other way to get home. And although it is highly frowned upon um most people in canada probably know a handful of people who have maybe been charged with a dui driving under the influence so and that's pretty that shouldn't be that common you know so i could agree with you yeah because i remember growing up and there was a huge road campaign in like early 2000s mid 2000s about road safety and about know the one that's one too many and don't drink and drive and it got so popular that like you now you can go to a bar in ireland and if you have your car keys you'll they'll give you a free coca-cola they'll give you a free fanta because they don't want you drink driving because every person in ireland knows someone who's died either because they were drunk or they were in the they were a passenger or they were hit by a person who was drunk and like i must say the government did a really good job in making it morally and socially unacceptable to drink and drive, which, I mean, if I was in Ireland and I found out one of my friends had a beer or two and he was driving the car, I would have no hesitation in getting out of that car. No hesitation at all. But 
20, 30 years ago, ah, it'd be grand. It's okay. It'll be grand. It'll be grand. It'll be grand. Yeah. And that kind of ties in, I guess, like the idea of partying with our expression, which I saw. Mm. I loved it. I saw it on your Instagram feed and that's weekend warrior. Yes. (laughs) So how about you give us the spiel? What is a so a weekend warrior is actually um as far as i know it's a north american expression i never heard of it before moving to canada never heard of it actually i heard of it when i was in the u.s so yeah north america sorry yeah and for me a weekend warrior um can have a variety of things but like i think the most common use of it is to describe a person who doesn't generally exercise or work out or do many activities Monday to Friday, but Saturday, Sunday, they're very active, you know? And it might be a case where their weekend is always go, go, go. So if you're in your office job and you're not doing much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but then Friday comes and then you go to the mountains and you swim in a lake and you run a marathon and everything, we could call you a weekend warrior. That's when you do your fighting kind of style. Yeah. And I think you could also use it for someone who maybe likes to party a lot on the weekends, who's laying low during the week, and then they go out on the weekends and are a weekend warrior. They're just doing Yeah, they're getting ready. They're getting ready for the weekend. You know, every day is just a countdown closer to Friday for those people. And all they want to do is drink. And if that's your jam, that's your jam. Yeah, and that I guess the the maybe a word that we could use that's super Canadian would be giver. I don't know if you've heard of this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's G I V E apostrophe R, and if you giver, you're gonna do something with like a lot of enthusiasm. So you could giver when you're running a marathon. I'm gonna giver. Yeah. I'm gonna give it everything I have, or with partying. Definitely would yeah. yeah. God, yeah. it's so funny how the weekend warrior can be both for a very healthy and active lifestyle or alcoholism. Yeah. And for some reason, I always tend to think of it more in that sense of partying. Like, I'm a weekend warrior. I'm just going to, you know, those people who can party all weekend. Yeah. They can party on Friday night, Saturday night, and then, you know, Sunday fun day. Yeah. As well. And then most of us, I would say, I mean, I don't ever go out on weekends, but if I did, it would be like one night and that would be, you know. That's it. I mean, I can't afford to go out. And then it's just like the feeling you have the next day is just not worth it, you know, for me. And I would rather, for me, the perfect night would be to get some cans at the shop and then go to the mountains and sit by a fire and drink there and sleep in my van or sleep in a tent. That for me is the best type of way to spend your weekend. I mean, we could probably chat for three hours about all of this. So super interesting. So you'll have to come back again for another interview. But before you go, I want to let my listeners know where they can find you on Oh, we have so much to talk about. I can't believe that's how fast this went. I know. I like to interrupt you. For 30 minutes and um, we could do, yeah, probably three or four times this. So. Easily. We could easily. And I do want to come back. Absolutely. Yeah, but, for sure. Sorry for interrupting you. No, but tell us, where can where can listeners check out you on the internet? 
All right. So my name is Ronan. It's nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> to all your listeners, to everybody. My So I'm an English teacher. I've been teaching online and face-to-face for the last couple of years. I have a very nice Instagram account called English on the Road. So make sure to check it out. And that's where I post a lot of one-minute videos, a lot of one-minute lessons, a lot of tutorials. Um, I also have my YouTube and a podcast going as well. And all the information is found on my Instagram. So Instagram is like the hub. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully next week or in two or three weeks time, my website will be live. So fingers crossed that will be up and running soon. But um, yeah, check out my Instagram and drop me a message, please. And say, hey, Ronan, I saw you on the podcast. Nice to for meet sure. you. For sure. And I'll link, I'll link that in the uh, notes below in the show notes so that everybody can find you. But thank you so much. And yeah, maybe you can become a regular and we can. I would love to do it again. And we could definitely talk about all the different um, expressions because God knows we have enough. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I was completely lost in Ireland for a good number of months. So we would have lots to talk about in that case, but thank you. No problem. So that's it for my conversation with Ronan. Uh, Well, not quite. That's it. I actually cut out a portion of this because the episode was getting too long. So I wanted to trim it back. I'm going to upload that as bonus material for part of the expression course. As you know, the expression courses are available on my membership site on Can Learn English. For every episode, I create lots of bonus material, which includes the transcripts, vocabulary and definition lists, vocabulary quizzes, videos that go further into the pronunciation focus for the podcast. So there's lots of great stuff there. You can get more details by going to canlearnenglish.com. You can also make a free account at Can Learn English and join my five-day free video course. There have been over 2,000 students who have enrolled in this course now. So if you haven't gotten a chance to do that, then I recommend you do. Just go to canlearnenglish.com. Please support this free podcast by liking, sharing, and subscribing. And until next time, guys, bye-bye.